Good morning. Welcome to the gathering of Recreate Church, where our motto is, help me out, help me out, no matter your story, you are welcome, you are wanted, and you are loved. I love it. I love it. I love it. Glad to be back with you. It seems like the time passes so quickly from Sunday to Sunday. I know uh, if you ever have those moments where your life drags and then, then life uh, seems to speed up, Sunday seems to get here really, really quickly. I think that's because I got to stand up here and have something to say to you guys. That is a, that's a funny feeling, okay? I know we got some folks in the room who've done some preaching and done some public speaking and, and, um, most most polls of people's opinions on things they're most afraid of, um, there's like death and public speaking. That's the two things, and it's they kind of flip flop on which one is which one is worse. So uh, I'm just I'm just glad to be here. Glad to be here with you guys. I am uh, glad to have my my family with me today. My church family and and uh, my family. One of my greatest joys is playing music with these kids. And just in case anybody didn't know that. The, uh, the kids up here in the band, they're, they're my kids, and they're so much better at music than me. I'm very blessed. They have a lot of their mom's genes in them. They got my height, but they got her talent, so pretty good combination. So I'm very blessed, very, very blessed with my family. Um, it does seem, though, in, in, every, in every marriage, there's, there's two people. Um, one person who goes into the bedroom, goes inside the closet, sticks their head like between the coats, and says something. And then the other person who gets in trouble for not hearing that first person. Which one are you? <laughs> so I've heard that I've heard that marriage, you know, you know, we got some uh, whether you've been married a long time or a short time. I've, I've heard that marriage is mostly two people calling to each other from different parts of the house, getting frustrated that the other person can't hear them. That seems to, to be the way, you know, it's like, hey, what's what's that, honey? You need some. Need a boiling scraper. What the heck's a boiling scraper? Oh, toilet paper. Why didn't you say that? Why did you say boiling? I did not say boiling scraper. Yeah, that that actually did not happen. That did not happen in my house. Maybe it happened somewhere else. So I am married to someone who is a superhero, though. This is my wife, the beautiful, gorgeous blonde girl in the front row. Let's hear it for my wife. Woo! I'm trying to make up for any hurt feelings I may have caused with my opening illustration there. But she is she has a supernatural power of hearing. Uh, we live we live surrounded by cow pasture on like three sides of our house. And my wife has the supernatural ability to hear a tiny seed gurgling through the digestive system of a field mouse 300 yards away from the house under a barn. She can hear that while she is vacuuming and watching TV and carrying on a conversation with one of the kids and on the telephone. She can do all of that at once and hear everything. And then there's me, who always wants the volume up and the subtitles on. Anybody else have to have your ears turned on? I know like years ago, like, Subtitles, that's terrible. You know what? I'm liking them more every day. And it's to the point, uh, you know, I'm, I'm often distracted. Okay, I just finished my schoolwork. Thank you all for praying for me. That's done now. Praise Jesus. I'm very often distracted by something I'm trying to do. 
But even when I'm not distracted and I'm like looking right in her beautiful shining brown eyes, trying to understand what my soft-spoken wife is saying, if there's like background noise, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. To the point where I actually talk to my doctor about it. It's like, hey doc, um, my wife and kids think maybe my hearing needs to be checked. And to, to, to my joy and validation, there's nothing wrong with my hearing. I can hear, yay. But here's the problem. It's like I can't translate it. You can hear the sound. And there's somebody talking in a foreign language. That foreign language just happens to be English. But, uh, you know, it's like a uh, problem more of decoding, like looking right at the person, seeing their lips move, and the sound is in my ears. And I'm like, okay, we're decoding this. And uh, auditory processing, which may or may not be a sign of undiagnosed ADD, but that would explain a lot of other things too anyway. Um, it's the most frustrating thing when you're looking right at somebody and you're trying to understand what they're saying. Does anyone else experience this or am I just, just me? Just me. The men raise their hands like, I, I'm trying. I know she's talking to me. I know these are English words. Why can't I grasp them? It's frustrating when you're looking right at someone. You know they're talking to you and it's still not processing. And let me tell you, I feel that way sometimes with God. Like, I know God's talking to me. God, you're trying to tell me something, but it's not processing. I'm not getting it somehow. I'm, I'm missing the message. I, I feel with all my heart, and I believe the Scriptures will back it up, that God is forever communicating with His children. It's just like it doesn't always, it doesn't always land. I want to tell you a story of a man who was looking right at Jesus and trying to understand but still cannot hear him. Okay. Before we do that, I'm going to back up one slide, if you will. I'm about to forget this. Yeah. Um, something I don't want to forget. This Friday is movie night. We're showing the movie Breakthrough. That's this Friday at 6.30 p.m. Come on for that. Um, we will have snacks. It won't be like a meal, but we'll have like finger foods and things if you want to bring something. Uh, if you got any questions, talk to Lucy over here. Wave. Lucy, amazing Lucy here in the front row. If you don't know who Lucy is, you haven't stood still long enough for her to catch you. She'll introduce herself to anybody. That'll be fun. That's a great movie. Um, good Christian theme to that movie. So we'll see you Friday night. Now, let's get to the story. If you grew up in church, if you've been around church for a long time, even you might not be as familiar with this story because it only appears in the Gospel of Mark, which is unusual because most of the stories in the Gospel of Mark also appear in the other Gospels, this is one of the few episodes that is unique to Mark. And we're going to see a man who wants to hear Jesus but can't hear Jesus. And Jesus is going to give him an invitation. No, not an invitation, really. A command, be opened. And that's the title of the message is, Are You Open? Are you open? And that's the question that we're really centering on. Are you open? Are you open to the will of God? Are you open to hearing from God? Are you open to, to know what he, God wants you to know? Are you open to grow how God wants you to grow? Are you open to go where God wants you to go? Are you open to the will of God? Even if it's something you don't want to hear. Are you open? Let's read Mark chapter 7, verses 31 through 37. We're going to read the whole thing, and then we'll talk about it. It goes like this. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst 
of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought him, brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. What's the title of the message? Are you open? Verse 35, and immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one. But the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. And if you'll just leave it on verse 34 there, that's kind of where we're going to make our home. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, will you, will you please open us up to what you want to say to us here? Open us up to the message. Open me up to hear from you even as I speak. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus has just left Tyre and Sidon, which is a Gentile region to the north of Israel. It's kind of up on the coast in what we would now call Lebanon. And instead of coming straight back to Galilee or Jerusalem, he decides to go around the east side of the Sea of Galilee. And this is also in in Gentile territory. Non-Jewish people live here. Now, he's been here once before. And the last time he was there, he caused kind of a scene. You remember that story where Jesus met the man who was just full of evil spirits and he cast the evil spirits out into the pigs and the pigs ran down in the sea. Well, that's about the same place where this happened. So Jesus, last time he was there, he dumped all the bacon. And he caused a stir. Dumped all the bacon right in the sea. So most people at that time when he, when he did that, they, they begged him to leave. They said, hey, you got to please leave. Just please leave, okay? Now he's coming back through, and it would seem that some people were probably still avoiding him, but, but at least one group came out begging him for help. There was a group of people, we're not really told who they are or what their relationship was to this man, but they brought this man to Jesus and they begged that Jesus might touch him. They believed that one touch from Jesus would heal this man's condition. And this man's condition was, he, he could not hear, he was deaf, and he also could not speak plainly and those two things very often go together someone who has a as a, a hearing impairment especially from birth or from a early childhood um, they're not able to to hear what they're saying and there's a speech impediment there they believe that this man could be healed if Jesus would only touch him I love this, this is a beautiful example of intercessory prayer are you familiar with that phrase intercessory prayer that's where you're interceding for someone in prayer you're praying on behalf of someone that's a powerful powerful thing you got somebody you're interceding for someone you're praying for don't stop powerful things happen you might have to keep that up for a while maybe a long time maybe decades but the intercessory prayer of a believer is a powerful powerful thing um, it was a practical thing this man did not have the ability to speak plainly. So he could not walk up to Jesus and in plain words tell Jesus, please heal me. So they were speaking on his behalf. They were speaking on behalf of someone who doesn't have a voice. And let me tell you, when you speak up for someone who's not able to speak up for themselves, God listens to that. And there's a lot of people in this world who are not able to advocate for themselves. Especially like little kids and older people and, and people with some kind of disability or, or some kind of disadvantage. Are you speaking up for people 
who really don't have the opportunity to speak up for themselves. Do what you can do. And you might say, well, I'm, I am one of those people. Well, do what you can. Do what you can. So Jesus listened to the request. And what did he do? He, he took this man away from the crowd of people. He took him to the side. Why did Jesus take him over to the side? Maybe a couple of reasons. He might have wanted to save this man from being a public spectacle. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he, he could see the man as uncomfortable. We really don't know that bit. Or, or maybe um, he wanted to give this man a chance to communicate for himself as he could. He couldn't speak aloud, but he could, he could um, make signs or something to communicate what he wanted. Or maybe it's very practical because you know what Jesus is about to do for this man. He's going to heal his ability to hear. And if he's surrounded by a big crowd and this man can hear, what's the crowd going to do? They're going to make a lot of noise probably. And the first thing that he's going to hear as soon as he gets the ability to hear is this giant crowd. It'd be a little traumatizing. So maybe it's a very practical purpose that he's pulling him aside. And I think there's something even more important here. This was an opportunity for this man to demonstrate that he would go where Jesus wanted him to go. Jesus wanted him to go over to the side, and he went over to the side. He's already open to Jesus some. He is open to the idea of going with Jesus, of following Jesus from here to there. It's already some, some openness. He's, he's demonstrating that he is open to the will of God. Remember our core idea. What's the name of this message? Are you open? Sometimes really beginning to understand God's plan for your life is trusting Him with the little bit that you do know already. Go where you know He wants you to go. Even if it's like just across the room or away from this crowd. Some of us might need to get away from the crowd that we're in. And that especially applies... Well, it's... It's not just when you're like in middle school, but, but even in adult life, sometimes the people who are around you are not being a good influence on you. And that might be the first little step to really hearing what God wants to say to you. So Jesus pulled this man aside. Uh, the disciples were probably watching from a, a respectful distance. The man cannot hear. So Jesus communicates him with, uh, with him in what is essentially sign language. He he puts the man, his fingers in the man's ears. And that's a sign that he's going to heal his hearing. He, this, the next part's a little weird. He, he spits and touches the man's tongue. That would not really fly in our culture. That would be uncomfortable. Uh, don't, please don't put your finger in my ear or touch my tongue. No, thank you. I don't want a wet willy at all. Jesus can get away with it. Y'all can't. Okay. So he's in, in that culture, saliva was seen as having healing properties. And maybe some of us who grew up a little bit country and you got a scrape on your knee, they say, oh, spit on it, boy. Just spit on it and walk it off. Anybody else hear that? Am I the only redneck here? Just, oh, y'all, okay, whatever, whatever. All right, cool, that's fine. I'm fine with being the only redneck in the room. Um, I'm more of a hillbilly because I don't have a truck. I think you got to have a truck to be a redneck. I'm just a hillbilly. Uh Hillbillies drive Toyota Camrys, by the way. Very, very blessed. So he spits. That, that is a sign of healing in that culture. And obviously touching his tongue means I'm going to heal your tongue. And then Jesus looks up to heaven, looks up to the sky, 
as a sign, as a sign language that to express that this healing was coming from above, aka from the Lord above. And that's what he's communicating. He's communicating in signs to this man. And then Jesus gives a, a sigh here. He looks up to heaven and he, he sighs. Okay. Sighs can have a lot of meaning depending on sort of how you grew up. If someone in the room sighs with you, you might say, well, what's wrong? What's your problem? What's your attitude about? Or you might say, are you tired? And then you got to be careful asking someone if they're tired. You got to be real careful and say, well, do I look tired? Do I look bad? You know, never tell anybody they look tired because they might take it as you look bad. See, I'm very slowly learning the code here. But Jesus sighs here, not because he's frustrated, not because he's tired, not because what he's about to do is difficult for him. I mean, it's not a burden for Jesus. Nothing's difficult for Jesus. It's not a strain. It's not a heavy load that he's dealing with. This is a sigh of compassion. This is a sigh of empathy. He did not just feel for this man. He felt with this man. See, Jesus could feel the frustration and pain and isolation this man had endured because of his hearing impairments. And let me tell you, the isolation part, by all the testimony of the folks who have some hearing impairment that I've known, the isolation is extra tough. Not feeling like you're being, not being able to hear and not be feeling like you're being heard. It's tough, tough, tough. Jesus felt this. Please understand, when you hurt, the Lord feels that hurt. He feels it. He knows it. He's, as weird as this sounds, he is able to comprehend our pain better than we can ourselves because He can both experience it and be objective about it at the same time, which we cannot do. We can only feel it. We can't usually have a good objective perspective on our pain while we're hurting. It's just we're not wired that way. Jesus feels it. And Jesus here very clearly wants this man to be able to hear, yes? You see that? He wants this man to be able to hear. He wants this man to be able to hear the words of Jesus. He, he wants this man to be able to receive what Jesus has to give and the direction and the teaching. Okay. If you're a believer, you probably want to know God's plan for your life. At least you, you would say that, right? Does it ever feel like God is sort of playing hide and seek? With His will? Does it feel that way? I mean, we, we like know that's not true. But does it feel that way sometimes? Like, God, I want to know Your will. Why are You making it so hard for me to see it? Why are You making it so difficult? Like, like God gets a kick out of watching us struggle trying to figure out what He's saying. But is that what we see here? No. Jesus has compassion on the man. He wants the man to be able to hear. He, he desires the man to be able to hear. And with that, Jesus speaks a word, a powerful word. Here in, here in this, this verse, verse 34, um, Jesus utters this one word command, Ephatha. Ephatha. Now that's a really weird looking word, isn't it? you got two PHs together. And um, this is an, an Aramaic word. Just a little short little Bible teaching side road we're going to go on. Aramaic was the, the language that... The people of Israel spoke, the common people of Israel spoke every day. Why do they speak Aramaic, not Hebrew? Well, once they came back from the Babylonian captivity, 
about five or six hundred years before Jesus, they came back speaking a slightly different language because they had spent time there. They came back speaking Aramaic. Now, Hebrew was still used in the temple. It was the, the formal language, the liturgical language, but Aramaic was what the everyday common people spoke, and it was pretty darn close to Hebrew. Um, it was more alike than, say, like Spanish and Portuguese would be. It's more like the French spoken in France compared to the French spoken in Belgium. It was pretty, pretty close. So he speaks this Aramaic word, Ephatha, and Mark is good enough to translate it for us. It means be opened. Be opened. This is not a magic word or an incantation. If you meet someone who has hearing impairment and you stick your fingers in the air and say Ephatha, probably nothing's going to happen. This is not something that anyone could recite and have something happen. This is a command from someone who has the authority to command this thing. Jesus issues a command to this man's ears, be opened. And he has the authority to get something done. Anyone can make a demand, but not anyone can make a command. So what happened? The man's hearing was restored, and he could hear the words of Jesus, and that same command gave him the power to speak, which might be an even greater miracle. Because remember, this man hasn't been able to hear, and, and maybe the indication is he's never been able to hear, so he's never heard words. So how do you make words if you've never heard words? And it would take maybe years to learn how to speak, just like it did when we were kids. You know, it takes a, several years for someone to be really proficient in speaking. And Jesus just shortcutted all of that. Ain't God good. I want you to know that what should take years, God can do a lot faster when the time is right, when it serves His purpose. He can do things a lot faster. And then, and then there's some things that should happen fast that it's going to take us a long time to do because that's the best way. So everyone sees that this man is healed. They're so excited, like, oh my goodness, this guy can even... He can heal the deaf and he, he can cause the people who can't be able to speak to speak. And Jesus told him, hey, be, just be quiet about it. Just be quiet. Maybe he, why? Why would Jesus say just be quiet knowing they're not going to be quiet? Maybe he didn't want to be known as just a miracle worker. Because Jesus is so much more than a miracle worker. He is a miracle worker, but he's more. The people were so astonished, they can't keep quiet. They go around telling everybody, say, remember that guy who dumped all the pigs in the sea? Well, it turns out, he's a healer as well. And I hope that many more people in the region believe. We really don't get the, we don't get the fallout of that. I hope many people believe. So, hey, cool story, all right. Jesus put his fingers in someone's ears. All right, cool, all right. That's it, is that it? Is that, are we done? We're not done. Now, Duncan spoke last week and gave you the idea that a preacher can be done in like 20, 25 minutes. That is an anomaly. Do not expect that. Somebody else has got the mic today. It's going to take a little longer. But I, hey, tell you what, I'll quit before you want me to quit. Deal? That's the trick to public speaking. If you ever have to give a speech anywhere for anything, just make sure you quit before they want you to quit. Because if they already want you to quit, you've gone too long. There you go. Free advice. So, this word has been rattling around in my head all week. Ephatha. Be opened. Be opened. I, that's like an echo in my ear. You ever get like a little snatch of a song lyric stuck in your head and it won't go away? 
That's been like that for me. Be open. Be open. Be open. Be open. What? What is it, Lord? Be open. Be open. What does that mean? In very practical terms, in this in this this uh, context, Jesus was commanding the ear the ears of this man to open. I just don't think it ends there. Be opened. I don't think he's only saying to this man, be opened. I think he would say to you and I, be opened. What was the benefit of this man's ears being opened? What could he do after his ears were opened? He could. He could hear. Okay. And what is the most powerful thing that he can hear? Now that he can hear, What's he need to hear? Jesus. In a word, Jesus. We might say the gospel. We might say God's word. We might say the teaching of Jesus. We, we might say the will of God. We, we could just say Jesus. He needs to hear Jesus speak. Jesus can now speak to this man and he can receive it through his ears. That's the big benefit here. That's Be opened was not just so the man could hear, it was so the man could hear Jesus. Be opened to Jesus. What good would it be if this man could hear, but he didn't hear what he needed to hear? You see, his ears were opened so his heart could receive. That's the greater miracle. This man can now receive the good news of Jesus the teaching of Jesus. He could know what God wants from him. He could know the will of God. This, this, this Jesus had a plan for him and now he can know it. That's what it means to be open. That's the purpose of being open. The same Jesus who had something to say to this man has something to say to you. The Jesus who had a plan for the life of this man has a plan for your life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God in heaven sent His Son to transform your life and to give you some sort of direction that He has expectations? I believe it. So we say, well, what is God's will? How do we know God's will? We have an advantage. We have an advantage that this man did not have. We have the completed New Testament. That's a big deal. We have the complete revelation of God in the New Testament. Most of the will of God for your life is to follow the teaching of Jesus and the apostles. That's most of the will of God right there for you. That'll cover, well, most of your daily stuff. Uh, we don't have to receive a special message. We don't have to have a prophet. We, we don't have to have any writing in the sky to know that we should forgive people. It's there in the Word. We, we don't need a special message to know that we should treat people kindly, be faithful, be honest. All those things are there. The will of God will always be in line with the Word of God. I want you to hear this. Absorb this next line. This is very, very important. It will never be the will of God for you to go against the Word of God. If you feel like God is telling you to do something that doesn't really line up with the Scriptures, that ain't God. I don't know what it is, but it ain't God. Whoa, whoa, wait. What about the things that aren't absolutely, that aren't like the right and wrong? What about the choices like, you know, choices like, well, what job do I have? Or where do I live? Or, or who do I marry? Or, or who do I, 
you know, do I go here or do I go there? You know, do I um, stop at this gas station or that gas station? Do I buy this thing or buy that thing? What about those sort of things that aren't necessarily like right and wrong sort of things? Does the Lord lead us in those things? I believe yes. I've seen it. I've told you guys before about the time, the day that the Lord pressed upon my heart. I feel like to stop at a certain grocery store I don't normally stop at. And there was like four people I prayed for. and Two of them before I ever got in the door. Because they needed somebody to pray for them. That's not a preacher thing. That's a, that's a Christian thing. If you're on God's team, if you're on team Jesus, He'll do that for you too. So I believe He will lead us. And the Lord may lead you with the Scriptures to do that. And then, then there's other ways the Lord may speak. Um, how did He speak to the man who couldn't hear? How did He do it? To the man in the story who could not hear, how did Jesus communicate with that man? Through what kind of language? Sign language. I think the Lord will speak a little sign language to us sometimes. If we're not in a position to hear Him, He may send us some, some signs. You've got to be careful with that sort of thing. You cannot presume the meaning. You're going to have to go trust in the Lord. The Lord does speak through circumstances sometimes. Um, and, but this man, it didn't stop there. The Lord spoke to him through signs, but by the time it was over, the Lord spoke to him with His Word, right? So it may start with signs, but it's going to come back to the Word. The Lord has a will for your life. He will speak to you through His Word, and He may speak to you through circumstances, through signs. Sometimes we'll get a wake-up call that we need to make some changes. The question is not, is the Lord speaking? The question is, are you open to what He has to say? Are you open to the will of God? And I know we're in a church service and a preacher's looking at you and the right answer is, yes, of course I'll listen to the Lord. That's the right answer. But be careful how you answer that question. Are you really open to God's plans for your life? Well, what are they? Are they good? Are they good? Does His plan include a pool uh, or a jacuzzi? Because if so, it sounds pretty good. I don't, I don't know. It's easy to say yes to the plans of the Lord if we feel like the plans of the Lord will be good and easy and comfortable and beneficial and, and, and just be like the life of our dreams. It's like, yes, I see that it's the will of the Lord for me to hit the mega millions. I'll say yes to that. Yes to the will of the Lord. Are you open to the opportunities the Lord is sending your way? Are you open to the people the Lord is sending away? Because He's going to send people your way. And the introverts in the room cringe a little bit. It's like, ooh, people. Yep. But God's going to send some people your way. Are you open? Are you open to what the Lord has to say if it means you've got to change some stuff? Are you open to what the Lord has to say if it means you've got to deal with some, some things in your heart? Are you open to what the Lord has to say to you if it means it's time to pull out the stove and clean all the gunk that gets behind the stove? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Like you're the clean, you would clean people, clean house, like, but then you pull out the stove like, ooh, 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 it's gross back there. My wife doesn't do that, it's the rest of us. She's giving me, she's looking at me like, I'm not messy, and you're not. 
Your husband and kids have kicked stuff under the stove. Those, the... Are, you open to, are you open to the Lord when it means enduring a painful situation? Are you open if it means doing something that scares you? Are you open to the Lord if it means you have to give so much of yourself or your resources that it, that it hurts a little? Are you open to the Lord if it means your life is going to get turned upside down? Been there a couple of few times. Are you open to the Lord if it means giving up something or sticking your neck out, working harder than you've ever worked, or leaving behind a world that you know to walk into something you don't know? Are you open? Are you open to what God wants you to know even if it's uncomfortable to think about? Are you open to how God wants you to grow even if that growth is going to be painful? Are you open to where God wants you to go even if it's scary? And if we're just honest, we're like, I hope so. I hope I am. I want to be. But it's hard to say till you get there. You're going to have to make some choices when you're faced with it. What will you do then? And it's tough because we don't, we don't know what we're missing, really. This, this man sort of knew what he was missing. What was the thing that this man in the story was missing? His hearing. He knew in principle, in concept, what hearing was. But had he ever experienced hearing? So did he really, really know what he was missing? He didn't have any context for it. He knew what it's supposed to be, but he never experienced it. I'm telling you, the things that we are missing when we are not open to God, we think we know what they are, but we don't really know until we're there. We don't really know what God has for us until we say yes to it. Not fully, not completely. We don't know what we're missing. We assume, we might assume we know what God wants, but we don't really know until we say yes. We say, hey, God wants me to be happy. Well, the problem with us saying God just wants us to be happy is we're really bad at knowing what makes us happy. Pretty much most of the things that make us miserable at some point in time sound like a good idea. Every bad relationship you've ever been in in your life sounded like a good idea somewhere along the line, at least for a little while. Every regret you've ever had sounded like a good idea at one time. Look, we make a lot of assumptions about the will of God, but we, we don't know until we're there. Are you open? Are you open to the will of God? Even when it means dealing with things you don't want to deal with, when you don't know where it will lead, if it will scare you, if it means accepting a difficult situation or refusing to accept the difficult situation any longer, now you've got to do something about it. Are you open? Are you open to the will of God when it means investing your life in people who might let you down or turn on you or walk away? Are you open to that? Are you open to comfort or discomfort? Are you open? Are you open to the will of God if it costs you? If it means life is unpredictable, are you open to the will of God if it means moving? Are you open to the will of God if it means staying? Are you open to the will of God if it means forgiving the unforgivable and 
Spoiler alert, it does. The will of God isn't necessarily an easy thing, but it is the best thing. Okay, let me put it like this. Do you know the future? No. So we make choices about our future when we can't see the future. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Who does know the future? God knows the future. Wouldn't it be much wiser to trust your future to someone who knows the future? Wouldn't it be much nicer for someone, for the person drawing the map, to be the one who's been there before and sees it? We ain't been there. He sees it. He sees the future as present as it is, as, as we see the present. Let him draw the map. Hey, you don't, you don't got to be open to Jesus. This man could have fought with Jesus. When, when Jesus tried to pull him away from the crowd, he could have ran the other direction. When Jesus went to put his fingers in the man's ears, he could be like, respect my bubble. And, and the tongue-touching thing, like, oh man, hmm, I'm not sure about that. The man could have, the man could have opted out at any moment, but then what was the alternative? He would have remained unable to hear. He would have passed the opportunity to receive his hearing and most of all, to hear from Jesus. That's the trade-off. Will the will of God cost you? Sure will. But it will gain you so much more. So my challenge to you, will you commit to being open to the will of God? No matter what that means. Will you say to the Lord, I'm open. I'm listening. What, whatever you want, I trust that it is the best thing for me. Will you make that commitment to say, I am open, God, to whatever, wherever, whenever. Will you say that? That is my challenge to you. For you to say to the Lord, I am open to whatever, whenever, wherever. I am open. I am open to you, Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we want to be open. We don't pretend to know what that will mean. We don't pretend to know what it could cost. But Lord, I will not bear the cost of not being open to You. Lord, that's all I can say. That the cost of not being open to Your will is so much greater than the cost of being opened. No matter what that may be. So Lord, I'm praying for us this morning that we might say to You, I am open, Lord. I am open to whatever, wherever, Whenever, whoever, I am open. Almighty God, we praise You. Speak to Your children. Show us Your will. We are open. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Be opened. I hope that gets stuck in your head this week like it's been stuck in mine. Because I think the Lord wants us to consider what He has. Be opened. Be open. Well, that's all I got. Hopefully, I'll see a bunch of y'all on Friday night. We'll watch a movie together. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope you have a blessed week. I pray you will be open to what the Lord has to say to you. He may send some people your way you never expect. He may send some opportunities your way you never saw coming. Be open. All right. God bless. Get out there and be open. See you next time.